Do you want to know how to keep your clients for 5, 10, 15 years and beyond? Well, I'm going to be going over all of the tips and strategies that I have deployed myself that have allowed me to work with my fabulous, wonderful, loyal client base for almost 20 years. Greetings and welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Pete Lorimer, former hit record producer and now host of the show, Stay Here on Netflix. On the podcast, you will always find business and real estate strategies, marketing techniques and tips for the entrepreneur. So hit the big bloody subscribe button, would you? Give it a like and also please share this podcast with someone else that might get value from it. Our industry for a very long time, and I'm, I'm obviously referring to real estate, it's a very real estate specific rant today, but our industry for many, many years, I kind of joined at that juxtaposition of where, uh, for want of a phrase, real estate agents became, or some real estate agents were glorified Uber drivers and used to kind of take people around and look at houses and essentially just accompany them. And over, over the past 10, 10, 12 years, because technology has increased and gained so much momentum and and really any piece of data is at your fingertips now. So agents need to be so much more than agents to keep their clients, right? The phrase that I use over and over again with my guys is the following. What is your unique value proposition? Or maybe you can write this down because this is a really important, powerful line. Imagine that you are standing against the wall with 10 other real estate agents What would make the client pick you? Why would the client pick you over the other 10? Now, that might have you scratching your head a little bit like, well, you know, we kind of do the same things. But I I want to challenge you with this. If you can kind of separate, you need an elevator pitch. If you can, in an elevator pitch, describe what your unique value proposition is, to someone that you don't know or you're just getting introduced to, the chances of you converting them into a client are pretty high. Let's face it, when most people meet real estate agents, they're kind of on guard. Our industry has, well, certainly used to have a little bit of a feeling of used car salesmen. Nothing against used car salesmen. But people didn't necessarily trust us up front. I think I'm feeling that shift a little bit. But what I want to kind of drill down on today is we need to think outside the box. We need to go above and beyond. We need to give our clients ideas. We need to educate our clients. And when we do all of those things in conjunction with selling them a house or selling a house for them, we have a much higher ratio of turning them into clients for life. So what do you mean by be a problem solver? So one of the biggest, when, when I joined the real estate industry, I was given advice that was very well intended, but I, I, it didn't really sit with me very well. And it was like, you know, you want to kind of give people your opinion, but then say they always need to verify it and, you know, give people your opinion on what the appreciation will be. I'm going to come back to this because this is a liability issue, which I don't want anybody to step on any hand grenades and everything I say, please absolutely check with your brokers or your partners or whomever is in charge of the real estate transactions. But 
For example, when I was an up-and-coming agent, I wanted to scour Los Angeles for where the up-and-coming neighborhoods were, right? I didn't have a, a, a lot of clients. I had a handful of clients. And I'm like, okay, what's going to set me ahead of the pack? At that point in my life, I was in my early 30s, and it was a case of, all right, I'm meeting a lot of first-time home buyers. LA, even 20 years ago, was getting really expensive. So what did I do? I jumped in my car, and I literally drove around an enormous amount of Los Angeles. Why? Because then I, ju- I wasn't relying on other people's data. And it allowed me to then show my clients whose budget was, you know, it was a, it was a small first-time home buyer's budget. Everybody wanted to be in West Hollywood or on the west side of LA. And I was like, you know what? You might want to think about these areas. And I took a lot of people back to North Hollywood about 10 years ago, especially into an area called the Arts District. I even bought there myself because I thought it was going to pop. And it did. And it popped very, very hard. Now, another thing you can do, because clients are going to look at you, right? They're going to say, you know, Pete, is this a a good buy? Is this area going to go up? So what I like to do is let the numbers do the talking, right? In a city like LA, New York, Dallas, frankly, any big city, yes, there are areas that are up and coming, but there are no areas that are not discovered. It's not like, shh, I found this awesome pocket where you can buy a million dollar house for 500,000. It doesn't exist. But what I have done over the years is the following. Let's just use, I always use this house number, 123 Green Street. 123 Green Street is a million dollars today. Right, And they're like, is this a good buy? Is this a good neighborhood? So what I have done for clients without them even asking is I've arrived at showings in that neighborhood and I've shown them houses that were sold 10 years ago. Some of them were were then resold and I could then follow the arc of the pricing for that neighborhood exactly over 10 years. Yes, I know there are algorithms and apps that do this, but there's nothing like walking the dirt and looking at the houses and standing out front of them yourself, right? I used to, when I used to have showings, I used to arrive maybe an hour or two early so I could literally, like a, like a film scout, scout the neighborhood. We were drilling down on a neighborhood so I'd go and look. I'd go into coffee shops. I'd ask the coffee shop owner, hey, <coughs> excuse me, what's new in the area? What's popping up? Can you tell me what's changed in the past 10 years? And I did reconnaissance and I did research And that doesn't matter if it's a $500,000 home, if it's a $2 million or a $10 million home. This theory still works. Speak to the locals. Because if you can not only serve your clients in the real estate transactions, but you can also educate them on the asset they're buying, and you can kind of give them a, well, if everything continues trends, if everything continues It'll probably get to X in the next 10 years. Now, naturally, nobody has a crystal ball, but that's what the numbers are saying, right? You don't make any promises, but you uh, and, and you ask your clients to verify this information themselves. Don't say you absolutely will double your money in 10 years because that's how lawsuits happen. Additionally, as well, clients, remember, those of us who are in the real estate industry, we are in and out of houses all day. We almost take it for granted of what are the good quality materials? What's a great floor? What's a great kitchen manufacturer? What's a great bathroom manufacturer? Where can you get those really cool hand-painted t- tiles? Where can you get that? You know, I, I, there's a, a paint that I love called Farrow and Ball. It's British. And I personally use it on all my houses. But what I have made a point of is really sticking my neck out with uh, clients 
and advising them on design choices. I'm not saying, no, you shouldn't get this and you absolutely should get that. But I've walked in with houses that have sold for the most money in those neighborhoods. And I've said, look, these guys, they seem to have this wide plank floor. These guys tend to like have some really cool wallpaper in the bathrooms. These guys, they all have pools. Some of them have plunge pools. And, and I literally list off all of the assets that they should add to the property they're buying. And I tell you what, over the years, I have had clients call me and say, Pete, we did everything that you recommended. We just had our house appraised and it's doubled. Now, I know everything's going up crazy anyway right now in 2021, but if you can think, it isn't necessarily even thinking outside the box. The point of the rant today is we are way more than just real estate agents. We are real estate agents. We are financial uh, consultants. We are design consultants. We are investment consultants. And it goes on and on and on. And there's a way to navigate those lines without stepping on a powder keg of liability. Because I know there's probably brokers out there going, oh my God, Pete, be careful what you're saying. So what I would recommend you do is if you would like to, Run all of this past your brokers, run this past your partners, run this past your people, and then implement. Because if you can do this, ladies and gentlemen, you have a much higher chance of converting your clients for life. Cindy and myself have been very, very, very blessed that we have had clients that have been with us for 15 years and they're gonna be with us another 15 years because of all the attributes that I just rattled off. That's about it for the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back again next week with another topic and another great podcast. So don't forget to hit that button and subscribe. Until next time, take care and I will see you later.